Alright, here's a little test of the AT with you and me. Let's see how much the background voices are picking up. Jack, say something. Dear. Testing. One, two, three. Two testicles, not three. Alright, this is test number two of the AT with you and me with one eye Jack, now two eye Jack. Jack, say something. Squeaks beat me in chess twice. 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 A lot of twos. So here's a third time's the charm test. Just, you know, normal conversational. This is not even. Yeah, well. It's a nice puppy. What brand? Uh, it's our AI. Ah, okay. Got it used, too. Nice. So. Okay, everyone. Welcome back to the AT with you and me. I'm your host, Ruben Dryblatt. Trail name Squeaks. Dropping another pod on you right after uh, a previous pod drops. Really, a one-two pod punch. Wasn't expecting to do it, but uh, the stars aligned. So I uh, got another guest today, One-Eyed Jack. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. It's nice we linked up on the trail once again. Once again. Uh, and possibly, actually, for the, the final time. We will uh, see. We'll see. So, it's been, uh, where is it? Right out. I'm trying to remember where in Virginia it was when I met you in Scurvy, but I met him first, I think, outside of Daleville, and then you a day or two after when you guys were slack packing, but going northbound. Yes, that was after we were at Woods Hole. Yeah. Just, okay. Oh, just, yeah. And then Woods Hole. Just. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been Woods Hole. And then, yeah, and then the next, like, two or three days, like, I I would just be going south, and you guys would be going north. Like, there was the Deli Day, where that, like, really weird (laughs) convenience store that, like, sold guns and stuff with, like, the six-foot-tall ceiling. Uh, I saw you, like, right after I left there, and you guys were moving, and then I ended up just cowboying at the river with Thumper and Locomotive that night. And I'm trying to remember where we linked up again before, like, I'd say Damascus was where, like, I Sure. Yeah, that way we had the big group of people. Um, yeah, but, yeah, we've been hiking with each other, around each other, past a little bit. Definitely had some good times. We, we watched some of that uh, drum documentary, Count Me In, at the Hurricane Shelter before the Grayson Highlands. Yeah, it was, uh, I like that shelter. Kind of, like... Yeah, it was a nice one. Up on the hill a little bit, and uh, it wasn't as windy as I thought it would be that night. You know, with the name Hurricane Mountain, you're kind of like, <laughs> this might be bad. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a cautionary tale but yeah no it was a, it was a beautiful night definitely a well-built shelter and a, a recently built shelter um do you want to build a shelter i mean you know before we get to do you want to build a shelter that was a question that just popped in but you were doing some carpentry actually today doing a little work for stay we're at that standing bear hostel uh, standing bear farm hostel yeah it's uh, uh i guess it's one of those like weird vortex moments they talk about i mean like you and the rest of the gang were like within a day or two behind me, like within here in Hot Springs. And the other two people I was hiking with are like four days apart. So I was like in this weird middle bubble. And I only planned on stopping here yesterday for like a soda and like a couple of snacks because I heard there was like Pop Tarts in the hiker box. Sure. <laughs> and uh, they ended up having like a bunch of projects that needed to be doing. And uh, I'm getting ready to go back to work soon. So it was nice to like use some power tools and actually be helpful. So like, sure. Just fixed up some stuff around the place. Yeah. So and stay for free. Yeah, and stay for free and get that's free the, dinner. You know, yeah. that's that's the bonus. You know, we're actually sitting in the in the kitchen area, which is where Jack was put to work. So it's cool to be sitting in the freshly renovated floor and not space. falling through and it. Not falling through. Like yeah. this morning when I was trying to cook breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's you know that's that's cool. So you're going back to work soon. Uh, yes, we're both wrapping up our our through hike. It's coming to. And end. Uh, any cliched thoughts about uh, the end, or just any originality? Uh, 
yeah, I guess to be cliche, it's the trip. It's still the trip of a lifetime. Sure. Um, even even on like the bad days and like hard hiking, it's still great. At the end of the day, the reward is that we're out here doing something that so many people want to do or that just I can't do it because of like scheduling, because of like life getting in the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're kind of like in the weird age group, you in like your mid 20s and me in my low 30s. Uh, I'd say we're kind of like the lower end of people attempting this trail. Like most of the people I met were between 18 and like 20 or 60 to like 75 years old. Yeah. And they're all doing it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I I think I've only met maybe like five or six people that are actually like in their thirties that are doing like a full attempt at a through hike. So, okay. So that's the cliche. That's the, I'm just glad to be doing it before I'm 65. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, no, I, I think, I don't know, would I do it? It's, it's hard to know. Like, we, I can, we, we can only look at things through the age that we're up to. <laughs> and uh, everyone kind of, everyone approaches this trail differently. And the only thing that I would think is, if I did this when I was older, uh, I'd have to do it a completely different way because it would probably take me a lot longer than it took me now because, you know, I'm relatively still healthy and relatively still young. So. All right. Do you think, well, you'll definitely get old. Do you think you'll get less healthy? Uh, I try not to. I mean, if anything, this trip has helped me to, like, try to eat better mm. and balance. I think that will be a challenge getting off the trail is try to not fall back into old habits, especially with a job where I travel state to state and work on the road a lot. It's yeah. very easy to go and have something not really good or healthy to eat for dinner. Um but um, I've got a lot of trips planned to stay active and stay healthy. Like I'm active canoeer and uh, got a couple of out and back trips planned on the AT. I've got a couple of long trips planned, uh, one in the Adirondacks coming up. Woohoo. Uh, just some friends. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I said woohoo, not with whom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, you do know I'm hard of hearing. So. Yeah, it's true. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. One ear jack. Yeah. That, yeah. I've heard that one a couple of times too. So. Uh, I like that. Well, uh, there's, there's so much there, but the the whole one eye jack thing. You are also you're you're one of those. I always like when I try to when I have my guests on ask them what their trail name is, uh, or not what their trail name is, but why their trail name. So, um, so I want to hear that. But I, I also just want to say before you tell me that is that you are definitely someone. I you're probably I think the person I know on trail who's most into their trail name and or like, the story well yeah. the story but also just the iconography and and the, the, so the many, lasting legacy that so you're how building. many how many times have you heard the story already for the listeners at home uh about your yours? about my trail name I'm no sure. yours hasn't come up but, I, I thought i would have told it to you at least three times oh yeah you've told it to me but i, I haven't reiterated it to <laughs> no, the listeners I mean, at home yeah. you know we have uh, an yeah. audience of multiple million listening to this thing. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to hate on the people who have like, like unoriginal trail names. Like I've met like half a dozen bears and you know like a bunch of like like mountain goats and stuff. But uh, I, I I think it's a little unique and it's kind of interesting how uh, I got it. Um, yeah, let's hear. Uh, so it was about six years ago. I was doing a weekend trip in the Adirondacks, just some really easy low level stuff with like camping planned, and a bunch of my friends were supposed to meet me on Friday night, but they couldn't make it until Saturday morning. And I show up at the designated camp spot, can't remember which one, and there's already a group of guys there. And, you know, we're getting along and we're joking, and sooner or later they're like, let's start to play some cards. 
And uh, every single person who dealt a hand of poker in air quotes, um, changed the game to a game of poker. I've never heard of before. Like, Oh, we're going to play midnight baseball. Oh, we're going to play <laughs> Omaha. We're going to play pinwheel. And oh, I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I know how to play hold them and draw poker. Like those are the only two that I play in Connecticut. So, uh, when it finally got to my turn to deal, I said, we're going to play draw poker, throw away what you don't draw what you want. Deuces and one eyed jacks are wild. And for some reason, they decided not to call me Deuce, (laughs) (laughs) which which would not have been a good name. And they just were ribbing me, calling me One-Eyed Jack. And uh, when my buddies showed up the next day, they kind of went and rolled with the joke. And they were all calling me One-Eyed Jack, and I didn't like it. And I was like, it kind of like put like a wet blanket on the the weekend. Oh, Um, really? Yeah, but what's uh, interesting about it is uh, my grandfather had just passed away within the past year. And um, he used to always call deuces and one-eyed jacks wild when he'd play cards with us and stuff. So that's probably where I just threw it out from. Uh, And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but my brother in Texas had just opened up a a theater company and they were calling themselves the one-eyed jacks. And so I remember seeing uh, a picture of the logo he used and he was using the jack of spades. So the only other one in the deck is the jack of hearts. So that's... Yeah, is that so? I was wondering, is that because the heart is the? I don't understand why is it well, one he, eye. Well, it's it's. Uh, I don't know like the meanings and stuff. I know like the kings in the deck are supposed to be like famous kings throughout Europe. I think the jacks have some meaning too, but they split it up. Two of them have one eyes, two of them don't. Two of the kings have beards that split. Two of them don't. You know, it's just it's. Well, you also get the you you get the profile view on the head. So yeah. I'm looking at you. You have the shirt on. With, uh, <laughs> I mean, my friend Rachel made this, my friend Rachel made this for me. It actually glows in the dark. Yeah, I have to he's sleep. into it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, have just, <laughs> I have to sleep with it inside out because like it'll like blind me and attract bugs while I'm sleeping. <laughs> I'm just like this isn't working. So it's working against you. But you, you were yeah. also today. You literally painted a rock with a with a white blaze. That's also a playing card. And yeah. You're gonna, you drew the one I drew well I can't draw a jack so I just you drew a, I drew a J and a heart for that's <laughs> if you've been hiking the trail I'm sure you've seen about 300 uh, of them so far <laughs> the first time I realized how crazy you were about it was, <laughs> was in Damascus we were at the Broken Fiddle Hostel and there was and we were just sitting around in the main room uh-huh. and there was a deck of cards and you were like before I leave let me do this and you're rifling through and you found the jack of hearts and you gently drew it out of the deck and then leaned it against the wall so <laughs> So you guys showed up at Uncle Johnny's, I think, a day after I left there. Uh, And when I was leaving the bunkhouse, there was two decks of cards. And the first one I opened did not have the jack of hearts in it. And I was like, someone's trying to thwart me. Luckily, uh, the second deck did. I don't know if you guys saw it in the bunkhouse, but I just like stacked it like right. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I've been looking for your leave behind. It's like the bat signal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, well, we're, we're off the rails here and it's a, it's a mighty fine start. So certainly as everyone can see something I wrote down, but it's pretty clear, uh, a man of many words, not shy to say what you want. Do you think, <laughs> do you think you'll maybe write something about the trail? Yeah, I'm actually oh. working on something right wow. now. Sweet. Um, I'm dead on. Okay. So, uh, I, I first thought about doing like a flip floppers guidebook, but then I thought sure. it'd be pretty hypocritical for a guy to write a guidebook who doesn't use a guidebook. So uh, <laughs> I went back to like my roots and I was raised on like the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings and uh, 
you know, heroic tradition. So I thought I would write a fantasy heroic tradition novel based on a character who takes a similar journey on a similar trail, just with different names. Sure. Yeah. Switch it up a little sweet. bit. I love that. Uh, That's amazing. Um, do, you, do you see that also as like a Lord of the Rings, like a, a trilogy kind of thing? Like, are you opening up a whole new world or? Uh, I mean, middle, the new Middle Earth. I'm not going to say it's the new Middle Earth, but if anything, I feel like some people who like those genres will read it and maybe they'll be more interested. Like if they know that I'm describing something and then they find out like, oh, that's the trail of section through like New York or that's mm -hmm. the White Mountains or like, you know, that's the Smokies. Right. Maybe that'll inspire more people to go hiking. I mean, right. outdoors and camping, backpacking, that's... No, it's truly where what what this is. That's the cool. hiking is just to get to a different camp spot for me right. personally. So, I, I like that idea of like that. There's you know you're drawing from similarities in the in the real world. It's kind of like this is sort of similar, but in GTA where they've modeled some of like San Andreas. It's like mm -hmm. very clearly Los Angeles, and you're like, oh, that's the donut store. I mean, the story kind of almost writes itself. I mean, oh, you it, know, does. it does. It in, does. In the 19th year of the 2000th age, a right. plague devastated the entire world. Oh, you know? yeah, especially in the wake of COVID. I didn't even think about yeah, that. You know, yeah, when you just use, you can use. And um, the transition of power from one king to another king was less than smooth. You know, like it. A jack emerged. Yeah, it's a, yeah <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, I got I got to tweak that a little bit. Dude, so one eye jack's the perfect name for your character. It is, dude. but he's got to get it on in the story. He can't have it before oh, the story no, begins. You know, absolutely. so I got to change you, it. Yeah, right. You came into the trail with, yeah, with your with your trail. Yeah, right? so we'll, from a previous trail, we'll so. sw yeah, we'll switch it around. It counts. Um, so, do you think this is something we've talked about? Uh, do you think the game? Do you think that the trail would also work as a game, as a video game? <sighs> Uh, I don't like the idea of a video game, but I do like the ideas if it was similar to like old school Dungeons and Dragons. Because I, I mean, okay. I still I still have yeah, folders yeah, yeah. of characters that I had when I was like nine or ten. So, you know, if it, my mother hasn't thrown them out when she moved to South Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> is that more just because? So that's more just because you were you grew up on that kind of no those I, kinds of games, more I, imagination based with the. I mean, video games are fun once in a while. I mean, I'd be hypocritical to say I never played them or enjoyed them, but I, I feel like if you made a video game like this, it'd be kind of taken away. Like, mm. it's not, it's not like playing The Sims, like we were talking about <laughs> earlier. This yeah. is, uh, this is kind. Of, if anything, like I would Skyrim. Yeah, I would compare something like that. Maybe like choose your own destiny, like short story novels for like little kids or something okay. would work. But I don't know if a video game is the right platform sure. to really get this trail out there i mean more literature would be great uh more stories about it you know yeah more than just bill bryson's walk in the woods yeah you know or the endless uh northbounders journey you know uh, right yeah. right yeah well that's well that's right so that's another thing to note is that you're a flip-flopper yes you did the classic uh the harper's ferry flip-flop yep nobo to sobo so yep that's how of the flip-floppers I've met, they've all done it that way, except for Ducky. And I know that there was a couple others who did the Sobo flip-flop where they went south first. And I met I met a girl in Maine named Cricket, and I believe she started in Springer and got somewhere in Virginia, took a couple months off, and then, like, went back and then, like, flipped up, flip, flips up or something. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that, that was also a thing. People who don't think that they'll get there in time for it to close yeah. flip up to Maine and then start going south and or meet I, up where I, they left off. I actually north. think she might have, she might have, like, started somewhere in Virginia or, or in Tennessee, did the south part because she was afraid, like, the Smokies was going to close again mm. and then went north. I, I can't remember, but Everyone's it's something Everyone's got like a that. different reason. But, 
So you you started earlier than I. You started about a month earlier. What what, what did you It was uh, March twenty seventh. Okay, so yeah, about three weeks. I was April eleventh. Okay. So, and I know you you summited July fourth. Yep, fourth of July. Right, and then took a considerable amount of time off. I mean, I took ten days off, which I thought was considerable. You took. I took more. almost a month off. Not that you shouldn't, but I, uh, the, the North kind of beat me up a little bit. I, this is you know? a doozy, but yeah. I, I'm interested coming back. What was that? What was that like? Because that's a that's a substantial break. Yeah, I mean, I think I had a lot of distractions in that time. Like there was a couple of family birthday parties. There was mm-hmm. a couple of uh, like friends, like Fourth of July party. So I had a couple of distractions, but. I also went back to work for a couple of weeks and that kind of like kept my, that kept my mind sharp. if anything, like Mm. I wasn't just thinking about like the trail stuff. I was like, you know, like back to doing like working on signs and making signs. And so that kind of helped me as a distraction. And, uh, the last 10 days or so before, uh, flopping down, I got really, really like antsy and I started like, I gotta go packing and unpacking my bag every day and being like, Checking my train ticket to make sure I didn't accidentally book right. for like the following week or something. Right. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was it. If anything, I think like my nervousness to get back and do it and take that one step south from Harper's Ferry. But the second the second I did that, it was like game on. Right. We're, we're doing right. this again. Nice. You know, we're like, all right, cool. let's do this. All right. well, that's like, that takes some strong mental character. I mean. Did anybody come up to you in between and was like, oh, congrats on finishing the AT? And you're like, oh, I've, you know, I only did half. Yeah, a couple of people were confused. A yeah, couple of right? people were like... <laughs> it happened to me a little bit too. And yeah, and then when I was like, yeah, well, I've got, you know, 555 miles of Virginia. And then, but they're like, how is that oh, possible? Man. They're looking at the map and... <laughs> they open the map. They're like, wait, but you started here. Yeah, they're like, but you just went through like 10 states. I'm like, oh, well, I got four real big ones to go. So. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about Virginia. It's a staggering amount of the trail. Yeah, Virginia, um, for how long it was, I was actually surprised with how quick I got it done. Um, Bragging. Not bragging, but I was just, it was, you know, it was the fastest I've hiked on this trail so far in the most consistent 20 plus days in a row. Sure. Um, How how long did it take? 30 days. 30 days. Yeah, that's about it. So, a month is good time. Yeah. So, um, and there was a couple of like hurricane days in there too. Oh yeah, we got hit with some, some yeah. major rain. Yeah, uh, we got hit with some rain today too as well. Uh, that's why I came into the hostel. I was gonna push on to the Smokies, but we're holding up. Uh, meeting up with Dirty Dan, uh, who I unfortunately never got on the pod either, but uh, a fine man I met in the in the North Bend experience. We're gonna go to Dollywood, but uh, we'll talk about that another time. Actually, the the man who introduced me to Dollywood. When I jack is sitting here, but he won't go with me on Friday and he won't tell me why. I so. told you why. I'm still waiting to get confirmation back from my two friends from Florida who want to hike the Smokies with me. And she has a, a cabin, I think, like, I think in like the next town, actually, like Co- Cosby. Do you know how far mm-hmm. away from a Bill Cosby town? No, I don't no. Know. I <laughs> in Tennessee. I don't I know about that. <laughs> I can't believe you would go there. That's despicable. Uh, you go to Dollywood? But I don't know. Let's see where your allegiance is, Stan. I'd love to go to Dollywood with you and the drag queens. Um, uh, but I think, is that who you think Dirty Dan is? No, 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 no. <laughs> no but I kind of think, like, all right, you said cliche earlier, but ask me for something original. Yeah. So I met... Um, so Bouncing Rock and Funky Worm from Florida were the first section hikers slash regular hikers that I met on this trip. I met them my second day um, out of Harper's Ferry. It was pouring rain. Uh, and uh, 
Funky Worm came into the shelter first. And then uh, we played a trick on his sister when she came in. I had him hide in the corner with all of his stuff. And I was like, yeah, he pushed on to the next shelter. Da, da, da. And uh, we clicked instantly. And so they've been following my trip the whole time. And they want to hike a little bit with me before this is over. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be kind of cool to bookend like this trip with the first people I hiked with. They'll sure. be like That's part cool. of the last yeah. group. So. That is cool. That would be cool. So, so they're the people. Uh, are they? Are they the two people? Yeah. yeah so okay. Bouncing Rock has the cottage and the Smokies, and her brother's gotcha. uh, driving up from Florida, and he's either going to hike in Georgia with me, and uh, I'm spo- I'm hopefully meeting up with her in like a day or two, and maybe we'll meet up with both of them for this is over. But that'd be a mm. that'd be pretty interesting because I actually haven't run into anyone, not really anyone on this trip that I haven't seen. I mean, that I, that I saw in the north, except uh, Geo for like a day or two. But then he got off for a couple of days and he's behind us. I don't think I met him. Uh, he, was, he was going south and I met him in Rangeley at the hiker hut. And uh, mm-hmm. he said that he'd probably catch me in Virginia. And he did. So wow. it was nice seeing him again. But then that's it. Like, you to take off. Because I left a lot earlier than you guys. Right. All the people right. that either flipped up or were hiking were either early bird northbounders or flip-floppers who got back on the trail like right i hiked the, uh basically this almost the same amount of miles as i've been hiking with you guys mm-hmm. with uh doc and professor and uh they finished i think like four or five days ago because they left the 18th of july i want to say so they had almost two weeks on me but, right right so i've basically just been making a whole new group of friends and hiking buddies in the south so yeah. how's that been been good i mean yeah. uh i met you i'm on yeah. your podcast yeah, that's true <laughs> i won one over so we're gonna we're, Look, we're, mom i made a friend <laughs> yeah we got a date in december to go see david byrne <laughs> yeah we're gonna go to american utopia which i recently heard was very good so uh i look forward to that would you recommend the trail i would um to everybody to anyone in particular i'd recommend archetypes. it I, well what do you mean that do you do you mean recommend the trail or recommend a through hike I think more recommend specifically the Appalachian Trail, a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. I I will, you know, I mean, we still have 241 miles to go or 249, depending on what you're counting. But I would say that it's not for everyone, but I do think everyone should be able to enjoy this trail. There's plenty of easy hiking sections on this trail. There's plenty of spots that are within decent camping spots so you could slack pack and not have to carry a heavy backpack and still get the camping experience on this trail. Mm. But the through hike, I don't think is for everyone because what you and I have been doing for almost 2000 miles is it's pretty strenuous and uh, taxing on the body, on the mind. Um, I don't know about you, but I've basically only camped really with people. I mean, we've hiked out a couple of times together, but then, you know, everyone takes different breaks, has different paces. Right. So a good majority of this trip has just been hiking in the woods by myself. So, um, and I don't think a lot of people like that because that's a lot of, that's a question I get a lot. Like, what do you do when you get lost in your head? I was like, I make up different lyrics to fun songs, you know. I, I try to come up with jokes or I'm trying to write a book in my head about right, a fantasy yeah, world go, on right, the trail, you know. Okay. I don't really get lost in my head. It doesn't no, it doesn't yeah, get me same. down. No, I, I I don't I don't either. I I do different things to entertain myself and I mean I also I'll listen to music, I'll listen to podcasts, uh other podcasts, <laughs> not this one. <laughs> uh, who would ever listen to this? No, I'm <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I know those types of people who are like, I just, you know, I couldn't spend that much time alone with myself or something like that. And I'm like, I'm very fine being alone. Like, I'm, I, I am too. I but even enjoy it, you know. It, it is nice, like, how this trail still, so, di- everyone's pace is different. Everyone's got a different schedule, but you still link up with people. Like, um, I ran into you coming into Hot Springs and you were already there and I was coming in and then I left early and now I was already here. You came in here. So now we're, we're, yeah. we're at yet another hostel talking yeah. again. There we go. Yeah, I almost got you in Hot Springs. Oh, I meant to ask, how was that uh, 9.30 soak in your... Uh... Oh, and the, yeah, we went in the actual Hot Springs in Hot Springs. We had the party tub with uh, Pac Scale and his partner, Liz. His partner, Liz. Um, yeah. And we had <laughs> Goblin was in there and Clementine was in there. Um, it was, you know, oh, I think actually maybe Clementine and I briefly mentioned it on our pod, but yeah, it was not quite what I was expecting. It was basically just a big, like, jacuzzi, but they were using the mineral water. They were using the mineral water, okay. They were using the mineral water that they were getting locally, but... Uh, yeah, I kind of wanted it to be like in like in a cave. You yeah. gotta go. To, you gotta go to Bath, England for that experience. You know, <laughs> or, Colorado. or Colorado. There, there are yeah. there's, a, there's a surprising number of spots. But but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was still fun. It felt good. But an hour is just a preposterous amount of time. It was that warm, like I. Well, yeah, they had a fan too, okay. which helped you. But I was just like, I just don't want to like. Being, I was pruning after. They didn't. Minutes, they didn't give so. you like a cold, wet towel to put around your neck while you're in there. No, it was uh, we got the standard party tub, not the deluxe. The oh, deluxe okay. was sold out. Yeah, yeah, I tried to go deluxe. I know in the nine thirty uh, time yeah, slot. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a late slot, but it was actually that actually it was good because uh, right after I went right to bed. Oh my! God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a had an abiding sleep. <laughs> it was. Did you did you have the pancakes the next morning before hiking out, or did you just get out? No, of I didn't make your peanut butter pancakes. <laughs> One eye Jack was not there, so there was no one eye pancakes. <laughs> um, but I asked you, well, I asked you if you would recommend the trip. But before that, how about why? I mean, well, you already we already talked about it, but why did why did you do the trail? Why the why the trail for you? How did you find out about it? What made what made you pull the trigger? Well, I found out about it when I was like nine or ten, and I was in the Scouts, and we took like a day trip out there. And it happened to be that weird time where northbounders and southbounders are meeting. And there was like a couple of guys in Connecticut where I'm from. One was going south and a couple were going north. And I was just fascinated about this 2,000 mile trek through 14 states. And then I was kind of pissed off to find out that Connecticut only had 51 miles out of those 2,193.1 miles. So uh, so I said, I'm going to hike it one day. And then, um, you know, Life kind of got in the way, you know, like we get, a, we go, we get older, we get jobs. We, you know, we start living being adults and, uh, I just never really had time to do more than like weekend trips out and backs and like my occasional canoe trip. And then, um, uh, my life kind of took like a 360 splat and everything sort of changed. And, uh, all I really had at that point was like my job and, mm-hmm. I kind of like dedicated myself to that, but I was still like sad. Like I had broken up with my ex-girlfriend. I had basically moved out of my apartment. Um, somehow moving in with two really good friends who lived next door to two of my best friends still was like really depressing. Mm. And uh, so I just thought more and more and more about like what to do. And like so many other people, uh, I was going to do this trip last year. But then something happened at like the end of March in 2020, yeah, and for whatever remember. reason, I just couldn't get this trip done. Something. So, so yeah, I kind of like fell into my head a little bit, but I still had work to distract me, 
And then um, kind of like towards the end of the year last year, you know, I basically had a conversation with my boss and was like, I really want to do this trip. And uh, if you got to let me go and I lose a spot on the team, so be it. But I want to thank you for, you know, the 12 years of letting me work here, but I need to do this trip. And he basically gave me his blessing and said, go do what you got to do. And, you know, we'll be here when you get back. Mm. That's, wow. That's a beautiful thing that, I mean, you're able to have that relationship with your boss. And yeah, he's a he's a good guy, and uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he's excited that I've lost some weight and I could fit into <laughs> some tighter spaces that I haven't been able to fit in the past couple of years. That's, so that's what that that's why he's been supporting you. Is yeah. just, just so you can work you even harder. That's probably why no one at work has sent me a food package. <laughs> <laughs> no, let him thin out. Let him thin out a little bit more. Oh yeah, I've lost a considerable amount of weight, over 50 pounds collectively, right? Oh yeah. Uh, the flip and the flop. Um, yeah, I'm told that the guys tend to lose a lot more weight uh, yeah, because we've got what they call hidden fat. Like our, our fat's like in our face and like in other spots that you can't see. And so our bodies just start to eat that. Mm. And then, you know, because we're always calorie deficient. Yeah. There's there's only so many honey buns you could put in a bag. Oh, yeah. And no, I have a real hard time eating even the food that like I'm excited about when I buy it at the store. It's just when I'm looking at it in the woods, it's just like I need a vegetable. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of all this corn syrup. I am excited when there's like uh, a bag of like oranges or apples oh that someone's God. got trail magic. The, produce. The, the Shenandoah's was great for the yogi oh. because everyone had like fruit. And uh, like fresh cut fruit in like Ziploc baggies. I'm like, you want some apple slices with fresh cinnamon sprinkled on it? I was like, yes, I would. Thank you. I I just need anything different at this point. <laughs> it's just really. What are you gonna eat first? Yeah, uh, being when from I'm New done. York. Oh, New York. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, a bagel and a slice of pizza would be amazing. I would also go a knish from Yona Schimmel downtown, Lower East Side, one of the oldest knisheries. Okay. Uh, the oldest knishery. Um, staple of old New York. Uh, I mean, honestly, there's a stretch on the Lower East Side of just like... You could go on like a gauntlet. And uh, just... I, I took Paxcale on a gauntlet on our northbound trip nice. up. I mean, we took three days in New York. Yeah, I took him to Yona Schimmel. I took him to the Pickle Guys. Okay. I took him to the Punjabi Deli. I took him to the Laboratory of Gelato. Do you take him to uh, Ninja? Ninja? No, we don't use that word there. No, it's that place where they like <laughs> they like try to jump out of the walls at you while they're taking your order, and they've got like samurai swords through your food. That sounds sounds like an institution in Times Square, my friend. <laughs> no, <laughs> not it's at not. Lower East Side. I forget where it is. Is that is that a museum? Was that at the Met? No, I think <laughs> I see you. You'd know it better than me. It was about. A twenty-five minute walk from the Brooklyn Bridge. My brother and I had just walked all over the island, and we went halfway across the bridge and then turned around so we could make our dinner reception. But yeah, it was weird. Like we got into like an elevator and went down like what felt like three or four floors, and then we were in like an all dark building we couldn't see, and like someone had to like walk us through, and people are jumping out and trying to scare you and stuff. I don't know if it's still around. It was kind of cool. That sounds cool. That sounds like a very uh, fad restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> my burger was wrapped in like six coconut husks with like oh a mini samurai sword sticker. And they like grabbed it, pulled it out, and it just like unfolded like like a blossom. That is it's it's a bit, it's, ridiculous. It was a bit over the top. Oh, yeah. Just, just a bit. Just a bit. Just a smidge. Um, so 
I, I didn't read from Vagabonding in my last uh, episode with Dirt Fox and Clementine, uh, who I've mentioned incessantly at this point. Uh, but I felt bad about that. Hi, so, ladies. Uh, yeah, Jackson's hi. Uh, so I, I wanted to pick a couple uh, quotes from the book that actually he... Oh, I just killed a mosquito. Nice. Got nice. him. Um, I wanted to pick a couple quotes that actually he picked. Rolf Potts, the writer. Vagabonding. Uh, I don't know if I've talked to you too much about that, uh, Jack, but it's a book I've been carrying that I'm a big fan of. It's all about the art of long-term world travel for cheap. It's got tons of good advice, talks about the overall philosophy, talks about early vagabonders, John Muir being one, uh, other, other things of that nature. But so here, here's a quote and we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll see what you think about it, but, uh, it can be easily, uh, relate, uh, related to the trail and, uh, you can talk about its implications. So here it is. It is fatal to know too much at the outset. Boredom comes as quickly to the traveler who knows his route as to the novelist who is over certain of his plot. By Paul Thoreau. I like that. So, but, but we know our route, you know. Yeah. But what, so, what do you like about it? Sorry. Uh, just, in. just like the beginning, it's, it's, it. There's two things there that kind of stand out to me. Um, can you read the first line again so I can get the wording right? Yeah, sure. It is fatal to know too much at the outset. So. I feel like some people look at this trail and it kind of overwhelms them a little bit because, you know, like they they may have camping experience, hiking experience, or maybe even short-term backpack experience. Um, and I feel like at some point, everyone gets, whether it's before their trip or during it, they get a little overwhelmed. And uh, sometimes you just got to let, like, let, just let it be, you know. The trail is the trail is going to be the trail. Try not to get too worried about it. Like if you make your miles, if you don't make your miles, you know, are you prepared? Are you not prepared? Um, so I, I kind of feel like when you were asking earlier, is the trail for everyone? Mm. My answer is still no. But the people that are like on the cusp or that probably could do it, try not to overthink it and psych yourself out from this experience. Mm. So that's just what I got from that first line. So yeah, no, I, I, I think that there's. I think you're right on about that, about not getting too, don't, don't, don't psych yourself out, uh, to put it mildly, to put it shortly, should I say. The other part of it, the boredom comes as quickly to the traveler who knows his route as the novelist who is over certain of his plot. I mean, we know our route without a doubt. We know where we're going, uh, even if we don't necessarily know <laughs> how much we got to do that day or whatnot. Uh, or, we let that be variable. <laughs> Don't go through the window there. Uh, <laughs> he leaned back, almost fell out. Uh, that would have been a real Eric. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, sorry, nice. tears in heaven. I agree. Uh, oh. Yeah. So, what? Do you, what about that aspect? I mean, so, a, a novelist who's over certain of his plot certainly. Oh. Yeah, uh, that can lead to a crappy book. But so again, everyone hike your own hike and do whatever makes you feel comfortable. But I'm sure you squeaks have heard me say that I don't use gut hook because I think that. Yes, it's helpful. Yes, it does do, to help you with certain things, but I think it lies. I think it lies about elevation, and I also think it kind of takes some. It kind of takes some of the fun out. I mean, I kind of like that. I know that I have X amount of feet to climb that day, whether it's ten, fifteen, or twenty miles with you know ten, fifteen, or twenty thousand feet elevation, whatever. I like being surprised. Like if I see like a really sharp hill and I'm like, oh man, I got to climb this. <laughs> and then it only takes like five minutes and I could literally see like a four mile downhill yeah. with like butterflies flying. I get <laughs> so excited. Um, it, I, I kind of like that aspect yeah. of not using guidebook or gut hook. I mean, right. 
I, I look things up on Google when you get to town. Like, I know what towns are the towns you got to look for. And I've done some research. I'm not doing it completely blind. And I've got topographical maps if I ever got, like, completely lost. But I, like, like I don't want to say that I, I'm, like, I'm proud that I did this without, like, like a, an app or something. But I kind of like that I did, like didn't have to rely on it. Like, right. oh, well, Gut Hook said this. It was like, well, did you actually check the water source? Well, there was a comment from March. It was like, that's five months ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that's... You yeah. know, like, I went there yesterday and the water was fine. fine. It's um, it great. And I like making your own adventure, so to speak. Right. You know, like... Step boldly into the unknown. I mean, don't get me wrong. It totally helps hikers out and it makes them feel more comfortable. But me personally... I like, you know, because I found some great, amazing places right along the trail that were not mentioned in any of the, uh, any of the guidebooks. And uh, it's been great to add to the adventure. So it's, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything I've done on this trip. So mm. but my start date, uh, taking a break in July, uh, this trip has been great. You know, that's hell yeah. And so I kind of like here. not knowing the ending, you know. Yeah, that's right. It's not done. You, you know, know, we're not, not done. Let's not speak about it in the past tense. We're not done. Tense. We still got a couple, can, couple more, like uh, yeah. couple more hard days coming up, but hopefully some beautiful views. Hopefully this rain stops and yeah, rain, rain stopping would be nice. I would like to get some clear days in the Smokies. It's yeah. part of the reason I'm holed up here. Yeah, waiting that out a little. Um, you have the uh, stamina for another quote. Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. Persons who propose to themselves a scheme for traveling generally do it with a view to rub off local prejudices and to acquire that enlarged and impartial view of men and things which no single country can afford. Josea Tucker. I can read it again. No, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the words because... Uh, Take your time. We, yeah. We've talked about this a little bit. Me personally... Um, like you said, I like to talk, and I no denying that at all. All my friends know that. Um, I guess it's like kind of like sometimes I get nervous when I meet new people, and I just I don't want to say it's like FOMO or anything, but I would I would like it if I made a new friend with every person I met on this trail. So sometimes yeah. I get a little excited and just go blah 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 <laughs> and just keep going. Um, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Kind of got me stuck there for a second. It's okay. I don't know. What do you think about this quote, yeah. personally? There's <laughs> a little backhand ping pong action. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Nice return, Bob. <laughs> Sent that onto my side of the court. Now I'm stalling. No. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think the first part of it, um, I mean, it's a bold statement to say that people are, like, you know, scheming when they travel and that they're just doing it for this, like, kind of... Uh, not nefarious uh, motive, but like it's maybe they're, they're not showing their true intentions. Like they're just doing it to. I'm, I'm taking the quote very literally here. Uh, they're they're just doing it to rub off local prejudices. You know, uh, I don't know. That seems. I, I hope that most people aren't traveling with with that intention. No, I mean most of the people that I've met out here just seem to genuinely be out here because they wanted to do it their whole life, or they've just retired, or they just graduated college, and. Uh, it's all it, it, it's kind of like a bucket list item I feel like a lot of people want to do this trail it's probably the most popular one uh, in this country I would say for a through hike yeah I think so um, it's very challenging but um, I don't I, I mean I, I don't really think anyone does it 
too intentional to try to get personal gain. I mean, even even the guys like I met this year that were going for records or trying to break stuff, they all seemed like really nice guys and stuff. Like when I met Medicine Man in Maine, like he was just a real genuine kid. He's like, I want to do it in this amount of time. And he had X amount of money and just yeah. wanted to get it done. And yeah, he con- did it. Congrats to him. I yeah. believe he finished like 10 days ago or something ridiculous yeah, about crazy. that. Yeah. I ran I ran into him on like my first day flopping and I saw him from like 100 feet away and he was like, we did kind of like a gunslinger like standoff. And he's looking at me, he's like, when I jack, I'm like, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, you're going the wrong way. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I took a couple of days off when I got to Harper's. I'm like, you beat me here? Yeah. I'm like, I, I know I took a couple of weeks off, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. He's a different breed. I talked about him on episode seven of the pod. Uh, that was roughly when I hiked around him for a day or two. And I was just like, before he gassed you and, you know, oh, was in yeah. a different time zone. Doing or, consistent 36s. Yeah. It's like I can do, I did that once and like I could f- barely feel my quad afterwards. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. I think anything over 30 is really just like a foolish day. Like I, I never want to have to hike that much in a day. No, it's, it's, it's definitely a mid 20. A marathon is like, extremely like rewarding yeah it is but it's also like that i'm very comfortable with that being like a peak and like only needing to do that like maybe once a month (laughs) there was nothing rewarding about the damascus marathon for me at all that was a horrible 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 day for me i think it's better the other direction going slightly down well well, i had the 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 tang issue at the uh, the broken fiddle tell that no tell that story (laughs) (laughs) tell the tang give the people the tang so well we uh, a large group of flip floppers and sobos. We all met up at the Broken Fiddle in Damascus, and you know we were celebrating. You know, last night in Virginia, we had a couple of beers. We went out and got some food at uh, Wicked Chicken, oh, Dollar yeah. PBRs. Um, and uh, when we got back to the house, I know we you know we all start looking through the hiker box to see if there's anything you're gonna pack out. And I see this container labeled Tang. And I was like, nice. I haven't had Tang since I was a kid. It's what the astronauts drank. <laughs> and so I made uh, two full bottles of it to go and put it in the fridge so I could hike out with it. And then like the next morning, right before I left, I poured myself a big glass of it and I hiked out and I left. And I think it was like halfway through or like almost through like the first liter bottle. And I was just drinking the last little bit of it. And I didn't mix that one as well. And I got the gritty didn't mix your powdery drink enough taste Ew. and it wasn't tang um yeah. it was metamucil oh boy. <laughs> and uh i don't know if the listeners at home know this but tennessee is the only state on the trail that does not have privies <laughs> along the trail yeah <laughs> so uh the damascus marathon 26.2 out of damascus was not very fun for me at all uh Especially at a spot that was uh, supposedly closed because of heavy bear activity. Yeah, so. it's a bad time to get the squirts. It was a bad time. And uh, whoever, if if there's a thru-hiker listening who left Metamucil in a Country Time lemonade container and labeled it Tang at the Broken Fiddle, I, I oh, God. It's nefarious. You're, you're an evil, evil, evil genius asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think there's just any chance that it was Tang that, got, no. that went bad? How does Tang go bad? It's sugar. It's like sugar and orange I mean, color. it ferments. How do you think alcohol gets here? It's not. It's, it's what the astronauts drink. It's got to be like... Do the astronauts really drink Tang? They used to. I feel like that was a marketing it, I don't know. It was before you and I were both born. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, how did we get on Tang? 
we're you told us we were talking. You mentioned a marathon being really rewarding, and I said a marathon can sometimes be right. very. I, before that, painful. we were talking about the the quote. I don't even remember. And you were talking about <laughs> oh, doing a thirty or a thirty-six is nuts. I don't know. We kind of kind of spitballed a we little meandered. bit. I'm trying to backtrack. There's no reason to backtrack. Um, okay, one more quote. Last one, promise, right. and then we'll close out with a couple more questions. So. On the road, we often live more simply, with no more possessions than we can carry, and surrendering ourselves to chance. This is what Camus meant when he said, what gives value to travel is fear. Disruption, in other words, from circumstance and all the habits behind which we hide. Okay, I did not read that well. I'm like, I'd, be, I'd be happy to reread that. No, I got that. So, <laughs> uh, my, friend, my, my two friends from New Sorry, Jersey... Sorry, the lighting in here is... It's a little dim here. That it's light bulb looks dim. like it's from the 50s. It's very, uh, <laughs> very chic with the theme we got It's going either on. from the 50s or it's perfect in a Brooklyn coffee shop. <laughs> you know, yeah. Old halogen bowls. Everyone would like that. Yeah, um, Edison's favorite. Yeah. So I've got some friends in New Jersey who would laugh at that quote because they say that I carry way too many luxury items in my bag. Yeah, and you I have a heavy pack. Yeah, I do. But I basically use everything in my bag and, you know, hike your own hike and carry your own pack. I mean, don't let someone discourage you about something that might make your trip a little more comfortable, you know, if you could carry the weight. But I do like how it talks a little bit about trying to, you know, separate yourself from like the everyday life because uh like i said we all have different schedules and different plans and i probably stay in a third of the amount of like hostels than you guys do because like i said i like the camping aspect a lot and this right. is basically a, a, a extended five-month camping trip right so i like staying in the woods for like a week at a time and i re- i try to like reward myself with like stays like this like right. every couple hundred mi- like every hundred miles or so that's kind of how I was doing it in when I hit Massachusetts, Vermont. It was like every hundred miles I would stay at a hostel, right? Um, and then it would cut cut down to fifty when I was in the Whites because you know, sure, White Mountain math. Yeah, it's the Whites are a little more difficult. No, I mean, I, I definitely I was all in on that uh, sleeping in the woods, and I didn't take my first zero for like twenty seven days. Like we, we, me and Stephen were up for a while, but. I don't know. I think coming down, I, when I came back down to the south, I had a very different like ethos about the, like the, the trip felt different to me. Like it was like, you know, not that it was not still an adventure, but it was it was of a different kind. It uh, it definitely it's definitely it's felt a lot different. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, one hundred percent. It's definitely been a lot different. Even, I mean, you know, you go from state to state, and people are going to be different but similar everywhere. But. um I would say the trail vibe and community is way stronger down in the South than it is in the North. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, once you leave Duncannon, Pennsylvania, there isn't a hotel or hostel that's hiker, fri- hiker, cheaper, friendly, affordable until you really hit Vermont. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from Vermont to Maine, it's good. But the second I got in back into Harper's and started going South, all the day hikers you run into are like doing the trail. You know, they're offering congratulations on day two of the flop, <laughs> but everyone down here knows about the trail. You know, there was times in, in the North, even in Connecticut, when I was hiking in my home state, people wouldn't even know we were on the AT. So it's definitely- the most friendliest uh, towns on, in, on in the, the Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry when I jack. That's fine. You know? Yeah. Just going to say that about, just going to throw that just, out there. Back it's just a, 
touch of New York prejudice there. Oh, going on. Like, yeah, feel, you know? bleeding through the, the the mic there. Yeah, no, I I do. You're 100 percent right about the the trail identity in the South. Uh, I mean, Trail Days is in Damascus, Virginia, to be. You know that's definitely the holiest of trail towns. Oh, have you been Have you been collected by day hikers yet? Type thing like collected. I ran I ran into a day hiker couple that was looking for you and scurvy, and they were slightly disappointed when I wasn't one of you. But then I said I was one eyed Jack, and they're like, "Oh, we've heard of you too." Oh, I know they they were slack packing. Yeah, other and they were yeah. co- they were collecting southbounders and stuff. It was Correct. really yeah, like we were Pokemon or something. Um, it was it was pretty crazy. They were taking catch them all. Well, and then only I could think of one person that really like stopped and wanted to take my picture or two people in the North. And that was basically it. Um, this guy obsessed in New Jersey, his name's Sal. And then, um, a mom from, uh, Connecticut named Trish and her son, Bobby Braveheart. They were the only ones. Yeah. He's a, he's actually like a pretty good organizer on the, the 2021 through hike page on Facebook. Yeah. I have not checked that. Um, but other than those two, those three people, you got down to the south, and I'm meeting people like every day who want to take my picture. They want to know my name. Really? Um, I ran, I ran into a um, a senior citizen couple the other. It was it's like a day out of Grayson Highlands, and I had lunch with them at a shelter, and uh, they were so nice. They gave me some extra snacks and stuff. Um, and they're actually hiking south, uh, north from Fontana Dam, and they want to meet for like lunch at one of the shelters or something. So. There we go. Yeah. All right. Wow. I mean, you you've had some uh, some unbelievable experiences. Maybe it's the the hiking solo. I mean, I've done the solo thing too, but I have been hiking with Paxdale for maybe it's maybe it's because some like if someone like actually I don't know it's weird. I'm from You're New a friendly England. Friendly pup, you know. I don't know being from New England. I actually like care when I say how how's it going. You know. Yeah, yeah. It does. I'll be like, well, let just, me tell you <laughs> how it's been going. Howdy. <laughs> I do like I do like talking to people because I mean. I get excited that I, like I get excited that people are excited that we're out here doing this. Like yeah. they're like, "You're really doing it. This is awesome. I'm gonna talk to you." So yeah. I've made I made a ton of new friends in basically every single state while we've been doing this, and uh, it's it's great. It's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I've definitely I've met I, I'd say between. I mean, overall, the you know, like in individual interactions I've had with people is a staggering amount. Mm-hmm. But the longer connections, the people whose phone numbers I have, I mean, it's probably like ten or so, which is like pretty astounding for the amount of like time I've been out here. Like, mm-hmm. to have like ten solid new contacts, people I would hit up when I'm yeah in their area, or you know, I would feel comfortable hosting them if they came to New York, something like mm-hmm. that. We could still yeah. do the matinee so I can make the last train to Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, not, you're not staying. Over it's fine. Right. It's fine. <laughs> You'll sleep on Metro North. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned, we talked briefly, you had luxury items, you have a heavier pack, yada, yada, things. You know, carry a little extra you food. carry a little and... extra. I wonder, has your pack changed at all? Has your pack weight changed at all? Has it stayed pretty consistent? Um, I changed up a couple of things. I went with a lighter tarp. Okay. In the south, in case I had an emergency, so a lighter one, but it was actually insulated better than what I had. Okay. Um, I ditched my tent because I only used it about a dozen times in the north, and in the south, I knew the shelters were a lot closer together. Like there really wasn't a, like a like a gap like uh, near Bear Mountain, New York, where it was like thirty two miles from shelter to shelter. Right. Um, so at the tarp is just for like a baby, like just in case. Yeah, it's just in case you know, like it caught in a storm or something. I could find like a fallen tree and I could like, right, yeah. TP it Deep, over sure, and get yeah. underneath it if it's like really bad. Like, it, I don't know. Yeah. So 
right. So yeah, so no tent in the south, and uh, and I did have a slightly larger tent because I like to starfish and spread out and have all my gear in the tent. So I had, I had a seven by seven uh, foot tent. Woo! Yeah, it was a uh, whopping five and a half pounds. So Whoa. yeah, that is yeah. substantial. It was good though. I loved it. Yeah, that's pretty all hard twelve for. times I used it. <laughs> you used it twelve times in the north. Yeah, a couple of times in New York. Uh, a couple of times in Pennsylvania when a couple. Like the secret shelter was closed, the five hundred one was closed, and then uh, there was another one that was so, closed. So you would just stay in the shelters, though, for the most. It'd part. stay in the shelters, yeah, because right. honestly, they were really nice. Okay, but here's my thing about the shelters down south, where I'm glad that I still have my tent because I can set it up in the shelter, yeah. even though I prefer to, as opposed to setting it up outside. Is the bugs and the mice and the you know? I mean, there are some sizable spiders. So I have a I have a mosquito tent that stretches out to I believe it's like three or four feet wide by like eight feet long and it goes up to like three feet tall and i basically when i'm in the shelter i like roll my tarp out hang the mosquito net tent and kind of tuck it around the sides and then i like take thumbtacks and i thumbtack it all the way down and then i crawl inside of it and then thumbtack the end i have never seen this in action no oh yeah i've I was I was drying it out um, inside because oh, I wow. use it when I cowboy oh, you camp got a little too. Malaria tent over here. Yeah, um, but it's nice because yeah, then you could you know not worry about the mice and the spiders and the bugs and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, all right. Well, there we go. I mean, that's essentially what I do. So yeah. uh, if it's particularly buggy, otherwise I'm happy just to blow up the sleeping pad and pass out on it. You know? Yeah, I mean, some of these shelters you you can tell they don't fun. have mice issues at all because right. they're built airtight yeah. and. Uh, sure. They haven't all been bad, you know. It's definitely people. People when we were going north, it was like, oh, the sh- all the shelters down south, yeah, are crappy. It's well, like, no, that's not really true. Well, we were talking about this yesterday, like when we when I was uh, eating lunch and you were like, I don't know, like twelve miles behind. You're like, how's that shelter? And I was sending you pictures. I was like, it looks right. like a skateboard ramp, and there's yeah. <laughs> trash everywhere. Whee. I think that some of these shelters are what you would call like a lunch stop. Yeah. So like, you could either push out, stay there for lunch like I did and make it here or push out the extra three and make it to Davenport. Right, right. Um, I feel like there's a big number of shelters that no one stays at because the miles never line up. And so they get loaded with trash. People don't care. They leave crumbs everywhere. And right. You know, they eat and then they leave. Um, there's definitely more mousier shelters in the south than in the north. Um, with that, yeah. Yeah, well, mouse can't survive up there. It's too cold. It's too cold. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, they can't. Except they in Maine, where, off by the other. Well, in Maine, where there's no snakes, there was a good amount of there was a good amount of mice. So. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely something. Um, final question, closing out. Um, you know, you mentioned we talked very very briefly just about uh, you know Medicine Man and how he was on like a tighter budget, so he had to do it faster. Um, has this been cheaper or more expensive than you thought? Um. It's been more expensive than I thought, but I still came in cheaper than the like, the Google average of $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there's sections that are more expensive than others. Um, you know, you could get carried away in New York with the deli blazing and spend <laughs> a lot of money in New York, your home state. Yeah. Uh, Maine was pretty expensive just about everywhere. I'm not going to mention any names, but there's some stores there that want $2. <laughs> for an oatmeal packet and uh, $2.50 for a phone call to 911, which is uh, kind of extortionist. But oh, yeah. that uh, sound like extortion. There is, a, there is a way where you could be creative and you could make this cheap, cheap, uh, trip cheaper uh-huh. without punishing yourself doing 50 miles a day like uh, Medicine Man. Um, 
Uh, as as we were talking about today, I only came in here for a soda yesterday, and right. uh, got sucked in. They had some work to get done. And I was like, I know how to do work, and they're like, Yeah, okay, we get that all the time. I'm like, Oh, I can fix that door, and yeah. you know, you know, that got two nights for free and dinner and a bunch of free sodas just to hang out and do some work. And honestly, it's, it'd be a lot better than if you were just sitting in a shelter like doing nothing while it was pouring rain. And right. it was it was nice to be productive and like actually. You know, I could now joke around with people, be like, oh, you stayed at Standing Bear? Be like, oh, I rebuilt that floor in the kitchen, you know, <sighs> and I secured that lock so you can't steal beer in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> oh, is there, is there a lock on the beer for you? Well, it was like, it, you couldn't lock it fully because the doors didn't line up and stuff. And uh, I was like, you found that out when you were uh, pilfering six packs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, okay. Now you got to fix the door to uh, pay off that six pack. What happened to the door? <laughs> I don't know. Someone broke it, but I can yeah. fix it. <laughs> There you go. Well, uh, one-eyed Jack, thank you for being on the program. I hope this was as enjoyable for you as it was for me. Thank you, Squeaks, for uh, giving me a platform to once again talk and tell my story. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. I have no doubt that you'll be deplatformed sometime in the future uh, for some off-color remark. But uh, (laughs) just know that I have your back, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone.